Ty Oswald is the founder of Bearded Warriors, a veteran support group based in Huntsville, Alabama. He started the group online to bring veterans like him in the area together, and it's grown into a strong source of community for hundreds of veterans, service members, and their friends across the United States. I talked with him about his mission at my brother-in-law's tattoo shop in Huntsville. I'm Josh Morgan. My conversation with Ty is coming up next on The Plural of You, the podcast about people helping people. This is episode 22. I reserved this one for Ty, and I'll let him explain why. Regardless of how you may feel about the politics of warfare or about how reliant the United States is on its military, combat operations have altered the lives of millions of Americans. Not only service members, but their loved ones, too. According to the Department of Veterans Affairs, otherwise known in the U.S. as the VA, about 22 million Americans are veterans, and the Department of Defense has estimated that another 1.4 million are active service members. It's hard to determine how many of them have seen combat, and that's because many have served in more than one conflict. It appears that three-quarters of all veterans at least served during periods of wartime, but beyond that, combat experience is a tricky thing to measure. Unfortunately, one measure that's shown an increase in recent years has been the suicide rate among veterans and service members. Estimates vary between different demographic groups, but there seems to be a consensus that the overall rate of suicides has risen since conflicts began in Afghanistan and Iraq. Groups most at risk appear to be males, those within the first three years of leaving service, and those over 50. I should point out that the epidemic of suicide among veterans isn't only limited to those who have experienced combat. In studying suicides in the U.S. Army, epidemiologist Michael Schoenbaum and his associates found that suicides were also elevated among soldiers who were not deployed to Afghanistan or Iraq. According to him, the increase in suicides is likely correlated with mental health issues that preceded enlistment, but that's not to downplay awful events that veterans like Ty have had to deal with. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of projects and organizations dedicated to supporting veterans in the United States, some more prominent than others. But two things drew me to Bearded Warriors. One is that Ty lives not far from where I grew up, so I know how tough it can be to bring people together in that area. The other is that, although Ty is super humble about his role in the group, I can't help but think that none of its success would be possible if he hadn't decided to do something for others like him. So with all that in mind, he's precisely the kind of person I wanted to talk to when I started this podcast. Ty and I talked in the office at the Tattooed Lady in Huntsville back in December. That was the week before he shaved off one of the best beards I've ever seen for a fundraiser. He's already growing a new one for next year, but I'll let him talk about it. Here's Ty Oswald, head motherfucker in charge, that's what he told me to say, at Bearded Warriors. So tell me about Bearded Warriors. What's the purpose behind Bearded Warriors? Trying to bring awareness to the, the suicide rate that veterans and service members have. Right now, the current underreported rate is 22 veterans and one service member a day. So roughly 8,300 people a year decide to end their life because of issues that they don't think they can handle. Now, where did the name Bearded Warriors come from? Like, it, it seems kind of obvious for you where it came from. Right. And most people think it is because I have a beard and that's where it comes from. But it's the Bearded Warriors comes mostly from it's a it's a metaphor for uh, like a mask or something that you're hiding behind. There are, you know, of course, female veterans that get out that have the same issues as the male veterans. But everybody knows that usually when a, 
a guy gets out after several years of being in the military and shaving all the time, the first thing they do is quit shaving and they grow a beard. I've noticed that. Yeah. So it kind of, that kind of plays into it. But then if, when you look at the page, the A in bearded is capitalized. So if you were to take out all of the other lowercase letters, it leaves you with be a warrior. That kind of was the premise on it is, you know, just because you're out doesn't necessarily mean you stop being that person. So, right. And you're the only founder, right? I am. It all came over a lunch break one day. I was looking at some videos online while I was eating lunch and there was a, I don't know, I guess a theme to all the videos that kind of kept popping up. And then after it was as much as sports videos. And then after those videos went through, it kind of went into a theme and had a bunch of military style, like go get them style videos. And then it just kind of, why isn't there anything like this in Huntsville? Considering the huge veteran population that we have. Yeah. With the VA, not right. far away. But there's nothing that I knew of or still know of to yet that helps specifically for service members that get out that are dealing with, you know, issues that could lead to them ultimately committing suicide. So what kinds of activities do you promote with the different events that you do? Right now we've got, we do on the 22nd of every month, we meet at the Memorial downtown on Monroe Street for like an hour. It's kind of a super informal meet and greet. And that's really just a, at least a once a month, get everybody together, just like a, just keeping that a support, you know, just chit chat and talking, catching up and usually go eat afterwards just to kind of carry it over. What kinds of issues are you looking to address with all of these different things that you do? Just anybody that's, if they're, for whatever reason, whether it's combat related or even, you know, with females, if it's military sexual trauma, MST or stuff like that, any issue that they just don't seem like they can deal with, you know, it's a, just the buddies hanging out and talking over problems or just letting steam off or whatever like that. And then through this, the contacts that have come through, if it's something that's a little beyond just talking in a small group, you know, there's reach out resources to get, you know, to direct somebody to that they may not know about that could either couple with just being able to have a, somebody to call and talk to or to have an actual formal treatment and doctor patient and stuff like that. So, okay. Now you were in the military how long ago? Uh, I got out in 2006. What branch were you in? Army. Okay. Now, how have these issues affected you? I was deployed back in 2003 for 15 months to Iraq. And then by trade through the Army, I'm a helicopter crew chief. But while I was deployed, we did uh, a lot of convoy and VIP escorts. And there were incidents that happened on the the convoys that kind of stuck with kind of thing. So when I got out in 2006, I moved back to Huntsville. Most of everybody that I knew that joined the military was either still gone and then the people that didn't leave or stuff like that never were never were in the military or they didn't deploy, i.e., you know, my parents, they were both military, but they never deployed oh, their okay. friends and stuff like that. So most of everybody that I know here is military oriented, but didn't have that connection of the deployment kind of thing. And so not having somebody to talk to kind of thing. Things manifested into, you know, hanging around the house by myself, blowing plans off and stuff like that. So the same stuff that most people deal with when they get out. I said you have a a close group knit of people that you were either deployed with or served with the whole time. And then you leave service and move back home or something like that. And you lose that camaraderie. 
And then you, like I said, you, you lose that lean on and you don't have anybody to talk to. And then you really don't want to talk about your problems because it's kind of drilled into you. If, if there's something wrong or something like that, then you have the weakness versus a, just something bad going on. And then you kind of get stig, you get pigeonholed into a stigma of, well, they can't handle it. So you just kind of keep it in. And then it finally, yeah. so was there a point when you realized for yourself that you had to do something? Yeah, it got to the point where the like sleeping, staying awake all the time, just because of that constant repetitive of stuff going on from the deployment and stuff like that. I was staying awake all night and then going to work and fighting, falling asleep. And it got to a point where other people at work started noticing something was going on. And then so once it got to the point where somebody else started noticing something, then I was like, well, maybe I need to go talk to somebody. Mm hmm. Was there a point when you saw what other people were going through and you were like, hey, you know, maybe I, I could do something about this? Like I said, it's, it's never going to go away. Yeah. The biggest thing was realizing people are going to cut you off in traffic. Somebody's going to do something that's going to make you react in some way. You can't necessarily can control what they are going to do but you can control what you do after the fact. You know, if you get all hot and bothered and flipping people off, all that does is draw attention to what you're doing now, not necessarily what they did, which could further, depending on the situation, could further make you withdraw by not wanting to, to get out and do anything or go into crowds and stuff like that. And so now that I've already been through that myself and figured out, okay, they're going to do this. I can't do that just to keep a level head on my own side because it's, it's physically going to eventually affect you. And so now that I've kind of got all that in check, it's like how many other people are dealing with that same stuff, but have nowhere to go <laughs> or nobody to talk to. And so it's like, well, since when I got back in 2006, from 2006 to 2009, I didn't have anybody to talk to or relate to about it. And so I was like, that's, that, I mean, that's three years. That's a long time. And so it's like, if there's, if I did it or went through it, somebody else is or has, and I can't do, I can't let them do that knowing what I know now. I see what you mean. It's one of those, even though there wasn't anybody there that I knew of, because there were people there, I just didn't have that reach out. So I just make, I'm just making sure on my part that everybody within the group has that reach out if they need it. Gotcha. During those three years when you didn't necessarily have anybody to go to, if you had decided that you wanted help, I, I guess what I'm wondering is for the typical veteran coming back that might want help who isn't part of your group, what do they do? The VA would be the easiest. You do 1-800-827-1000 and that'll connect you with the call center wherever your region may be. I mean, your, your regional hospital may be 45 minutes or two hours away, but they'll get you, they can get you the information to the closest community based outreach clinic, CBOC. I guess what I'm trying to get at is why are the issues that affect veterans so widespread and so strong? Is it that they don't go to seek help? Usually, like I said, and that's back, going back to where I touched on the, you get, you get the stigma of if you're asking for help on a mental health issue, it's perceived that you can't handle it. And so, Nobody wants that that check mark in their box of, well, we got deployed and such and such happened. John, Tim and Bob were over at the same time. They're not going to talk to anybody, but you did. So 
I talked to a guy a couple days ago and he doesn't want to talk to anybody about what's going on or the issues that he's got because he was told while he was in that once he got tagged with having a mental issue, regardless of PTSD or TBI or whatnot, that he would have to claim that if he was going to get a concealed carry permit, claim it for insurance purposes for health insurance and stuff like that. And it was premiums would be higher. He would have to do it on background checks for anything. And you can, if you want to, but that's, it's not a requirement. And especially like for security clearances for work purpose, for work and stuff like that, having PTSD or a TBI or any kind of combat related health issue is not a disqualifier Mm -hmm. for any of any kind, even if you're going for a top secret clearance. So that's that, you know, that's one of the things that really, it gets under my under my skin because it's a hundred percent bad information, but people are taking that. The the veteran that I talked to has been dealing with that for the last ten years. You know, for ten years he was pretty much holding himself back from stuff because he thought that if he put it out there, that it would come back and go against him. And this was after the military, right? Okay. Well, even in people, you know, you get oh, okay. promotions. People think that they'll be held back from promotions because, you know, they're not fit for the position or, you know, a, a whole slew of things. But a lot of all that comes back from just bad rumors. Yeah. So you've been out for about 10 years, almost 10 years. Are you aware if there are any changes happening in the military to start looking at mental health a little better? From my understanding, there's a lot, there's, there is a big push for it, but there's still a lot of, like I said, the bad, the rumors of, if you go talk to the mental health people, then you're, you know, you're tagged and people don't, people don't want that. And it's kind of, it's almost in the same thing as if you're a ranger and you go out and you twist your ankle, you're going to sit there and try to fight through it as far as hard as you can, because you don't want to go to a sick call because you don't want that everybody thinking you're weak or something like that, which is not the case, but that's just kind of the way it plays out. We talked a little about this already, but when you came back post-military and you were still having these post-traumatic experiences, how did that affect your daily life? Like you, you seem like you're able to function pretty well now. Yeah. Well, and it took a while though. I mean, where I'm just like anything, you know, somebody starts out in a, as a, in a business, you know, they might start out cleaning floors and then 20 years later they're the CEO, but they're not, they weren't the CEO the whole time as Face value, if you were to see me and talk to me today, you'd probably never think that eight years ago, the only thing I did was wake up, go to work, stop by the grocery store on the way home if I had to, and then go back home and sit there and not do anything else. Or if people would, hey, hey, we're going to go out and hang out at the bar a little while, you know, come out and hang out. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. I'll be there. And then never show up because... You know, the group crowded, crowded areas, places you don't know, you know, they're all triggers of some sort. Well, I had to figure out what a new normal was pre-military. It didn't matter where we were going. Fine. Sure. Crowds of people, whatever. But situations put you in when you're in a different crowd of people that may or may not be trying to kill you kind of thing. And then you have that stuck in the back of your head when you go into a unfamiliar area that's got a large group of people that you don't know and are going around. It just makes you not want to do that, which, like I said, puts you back in the, you know, becoming a recluse, you know, a recluse or isolate yourself to where you just don't want to deal with it. And eventually 
the people that you do know that reach out to you, try to hang out with you, quit because, you know, you make plans and then you don't follow through with them. So they're like, well, all right, we'll scrum. Fine. You don't want to hang out with us. Then we're just not even going to throw the invite out there initially. And then you just kind of by yourself. I know you're not a licensed counselor or anything, but are you able to kind of spot those warning signs and other people now and help them with that? Yeah. And it's easy. It's, it's the same. It's, everybody's so different in the situations that lead to this veteran's PTSD versus this, this verse, you know, theirs and stuff like that. The, the signs are this, everybody does basically the same thing. You know, there's the isolation trigger anger, like out of nowhere, some, somebody will have a conversation about something and then you just blow off. But that's usually because you were already holding back so much for so long. And then that was just the, you know, the needle that popped the bubble kind of thing. And then whoever was there is what gets it. Any kind of substance abuse. Most people drink and stuff like that. But you can tell if somebody's drinking and having a couple of beers with their buddies or somebody's drinking and the next thing you know, they're blacked out. But there's all, there's all kinds of there's, it's little stuff. You just have to everybody just has to be mindful of it because there are the signs there. You just have to know what that person's normal is and then realize what is not normal, which is why we with Bearded Warriors, we always try to include family members because just because the service member or veteran has PTSD or TBI or depression or an abuse problem, it doesn't mean that it doesn't carry over to a spouse or the kids or both. Everybody, everybody's involved with it because everybody has to deal with it. So that's why we always try to include everybody. That way there's a, it's kind of a, a learning curve for everybody since there are so many different little things that add up to the big picture. Now, how do you get family and friends involved? Through talking on the the forum and the events and pay everybody, everybody's invited, whether you're a veteran, a service member, a family member, or just a military supporter. A majority of the people that are on the Bearded Warrior Facebook page are non-veterans, but they're spouses of, or they're brothers of, sisters of, cousins of, friends of. They want to be able to let whoever needs help know that there's somebody out there, even if they just want to talk, that they're there. So did this all start by you starting the Facebook page and going from there? Or did you have like your first event and built the Facebook page around that? No, it all came from the Facebook page. And then through it's just grown. There was a need in Huntsville for veterans, period. And that's that stemmed from my own personal experience of there not being anything here when I got out and didn't even when I didn't even know that I needed the help. I was like, well, if nobody else is going to do it, then I will. So I made a page and it was really, it started off as just posting events, car shows, job fairs and stuff like that that were geared toward veterans or veteran organizations or getting veterans together, Mm -hmm. regardless of where it was, and just put it out on the Facebook page. And then a couple of my friends liked the page and then a couple of their friends liked the page. And then through that, people started, it just kind of grew into really something that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. It's outside of Huntsville now, which is interesting to me. Right. Right. <laughs> There's at least six people at minimum in every state and oh, wow. two, three people over in the UK. One of which I know I served with him. It, it's, it's, it's grown way beyond what I expected. Yeah. Cause I, for the longest time I figured it was going to be 
myself and uh, my buddy up in South Carolina, Noah, because he was the first person that liked it. He actually liked the page before I did. Uh, (laughs) I figured it was just going to be me posting stuff and him reading it. And that was going to be about it. Mm -hmm. So it was, yeah, (laughs) it's it's, funny how that worked out. It's, it's really blown my mind how big it's still small, of course, but how big it blew up to, I think there's 1,460 people that liked the page. 15,000 people saw the page last week. And then the forum, which is a closed group has, I think 760 members and it's, it's growing at about five people a day. And it's just, like I said, through word of mouth, people talk, Hey, you know, here's a group of guys and girls and supporters that want somebody to know that they're there. So if you need to reach out, here you go. That's excellent. So it's since grown and you're not only including veterans, but practically anybody that's interested, what other kinds of experiences do you help people through? Or does it work like that? Well, it's, it's anything. I mean, it's, it's whatever, it's whatever somebody has an issue with. You know, there's a guy that was in South Carolina. He moved there from Texas to be closer to uh, his daughter when he got out, but he didn't have a ride and stuff like that. And he was kind of getting down on himself about stuff going on and the issues that he had from his service talking to him and then another guy on the forum getting into the conversation he found out that he was really into mountain biking sean was really into mountain biking himself and he wound up and got a bunch of of his mountain and biking cycling friends to donate parts and a bike and he built a a mountain bike for him and then drove 45 minutes up to the uh to his house and gave it to him after a, a car show or event that they went to he was like oh yeah by the way here you go, man. That's cool. Yeah. It was just totally just out of a conversation, totally out of the blue. We talked behind the scenes to make sure to figure out how we could do it. And be like, Hey, if this will help him get out there, you know, one, it's, it's good to just kind of get out in the open and fresh air. Cause I guess he was staying inside all the time. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, riding a bicycle is good for you physically. So it was kind of one of those full circle mind body, you know? Yeah. 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 Now, are you working with any other organizations? Yeah, right now I've actually got a, a fundraiser going on. <laughs> I like the name, fundraiser. Fun, yeah, fundraiser, play on words. There's a $8,395 goal that goes back to the 22 veterans and one service member uh, suicide a day. I've been growing my beard for a year, so 23 times 365 is 8395 And uh, right now I'm $975 away from the goal. And then Saturday's the plan day to shave it off and start all over again for next year. So <laughs> the money being raised is being split between Unstoppable Heroes in California and the Oscar Mike Foundation up in Chicago. The one thing about both of them that I like the, the best is 100% of the money that they receive through donations goes directly to a veteran in need and adaptive equipment if they're missing an arm or a leg through a physical injury. Uh, like a revamp if they need counter, you know, some sort of a, a home redo yeah. for their disability or ramp or counters or whatever, you know, the money that they receive goes directly to a need or a service or something like that. So, so what excites you about bearded warriors? What do you like about it? Just keeping the, that camaraderie with everybody. Like I said, everybody wants a lean on because 
regardless of how great everything may be going, there's always that one day that sucks and you want that to be able to reach out to talk to somebody. And so having a entire group of people to be able to reach out to at any time of the day or night for any reason at all, without any kind of judgment is, is awesome. That's the best part. Just people, just people honestly helping other people out. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any goals in mind? Like what do you see in the future? Or do you not think of it that way? I don't. As long as there's somebody that needs help on something, you know, reach out. Because regardless of what it is, if I don't know how to do it or somebody that can here, mm-hmm. I'll, we'll find somebody. Yeah, yeah. I always try to ask everybody I talk to what's something the rest of us can do to help out in whatever area they're working in. So what's something that an average person can do to help maybe a veteran they know or somebody that's dealing kind of with the warning signs of stress, like you mentioned. Well, the biggest thing is just if you, if you, when you see somebody, just ask them how they're doing, regardless of who, if, if even if they're not a veteran, you know, this is, it boils down to granted what we do at bearded warriors is geared to service members and veterans and their family members. It still comes down to people helping people. So if you see somebody that's regardless of where you're at, they look like they're having a bad day. Just, just when you go by, say hi, because Everybody has some sort of struggle that they're dealing with. It may not be as bad as the next guy or whatever it is, but, you know, somebody that just walks by and if you just say, hey, how you doing or smile when you walk by, that could be whatever that is that that person needed that day to keep going versus going home and saying, oh, that's it. And that makes me wonder, have you always had an easy time helping people or is this something you learned since you've started Bearded Warriors? No, there's been a learning curve because let's say it goes back to people don't, especially, especially males in the military when you, you know, they, they don't want to accept the fact that there's something wrong or that they need help with something that they can't do on their own. So there's been a little, there's been a bit of a learning curve on the approach to some people on how to help them. Or, you know, like I said, some people reach out and they just want to talk to, to get whatever it is off their chest because they're, they, they're just having a bad day. Some people that they talk to their go-to maybe to help try to fix whatever the problem is. And that'll just either further aggravate what's going on and then make them withdraw again. Mm-hmm. So it's really just, if somebody reaches out or say, Hey, I need to talk, just listen. And you know, you'll, you'll know in the conversation as it's going where you can kind of interject or what about this? Or have you thought about that or something like that? But the biggest thing is just, just listen and let somebody get whatever it is off their chest. That's good advice. How can we follow the bearded warriors online? The Facebook page. So facebook.com forward slash bearded warriors, or you can Google it. Instagram bearded dot warriors. And then on Twitter at, at bearded warriors. Okay. Is there anything we haven't talked about that you'd like to add? Just a reminder, if you're like, in the Huntsville area on the 22nd of every month at five o'clock, we meet at the downtown veterans Memorial for about an hour and then, uh, hang out, chit chat and catch up. Yeah. I'm excited to see what you look like without the, uh, the beard. Yeah. There's a, <laughs> apparently there's a lot of people with only being a $900 away. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, this has been great. I really appreciate your time, Ty. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I thought of one other question for Ty that I sent to him later. What motivated you to join the military? And this is what he said, quote, patriotism and service to our country is a family thing. 
both parents, both uncles, both grandfathers, my cousins, and my brother-in-law. It was something I always wanted to do. I always grew up thinking those in uniform and had utmost respect for each person I saw wearing a uniform. I wanted to be that example for another young person looking up to their quote-unquote hero, unquote. Nicely said, Ty, and thanks for your service. We really appreciate it. This has been The Plural of You. I'm Josh Morgan, and the show's website is pluralofyou.org. That's all I have for now. Thank you for being kind today. Take care.